Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. With a bigger quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. A lot of good wrestling on this show. Yeah, which regular listeners will know what you're inferring with yeah. that. It's all right on paper. This Dynamite. It's uh, it's far from some of the like classic all time episodes we've seen and indeed been able to preview. But I say that with a certain optimistic tone. I like to think of, and like some people will perhaps call this bias, but I like to approach AEW as often as I can with um, the purest heart rule, which is, yeah. to, which is to say that like they are constantly, I believe they are constantly trying to put on a good wrestling show, um, regardless of all of their business requirements, regardless of all of the motivations, things like that. Like they do want to produce a good wrestling show. So they will do their best with this card to make it the best night of action it can possibly be. They will want people to get excited and hyped for it. But I would also suggest that if your expectations are middling, then you might have them blown out the water by a better show than what you're expecting. So I don't know. I think, like, the, 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 like, I would say it's a dynamite problem. Some people would say maybe I'm overstating it. The problem of the first hour, awesome, second hour, not so good, Al, might not be in effect tonight. This might just say that was what happened last week, wasn't it? And we've said it a lot. Yeah. This year, especially. Um, I just feel like, Broadly, this has the potential. If this isn't rubbish, this episode, broadly, it has the potential to be a better two-hour viewing experience than quite a lot of the episodes this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't see many places where they're going to necessarily drop the ball where potentially, yep. you know, they often set things up and they either can't deliver it or they just have Dan Lambert shout some stuff, basically. Well, and it's just as well. Sometimes they're like... AW chases these magnificent highs and like it, it achieves them loads as well. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, so at the moment, like me and Cedric have talked about this before. There's a certain time when you love a wrestler so much you find yourself constantly humming the theme. It's it's your music, your musical screensaver mm-hmm. for a period of time. 
And mine at the moment, my like my sort of elevator music in my brain is the, just the one looping riff of FTRs. <laughs> and last week, it cut from the end of the uh, FTR singles match to the awesome Double or Nothing music. Bum, bum, ba-da, 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 bum, with like registers and cash and chips yeah. and all this sort of stuff. I love the Double or Nothing music. I don't know if it's because it reminds me of like AW finally arriving back in 2019 or whatever, but I just think it's a really cool theme. And CM Punk standing on the desk. Standing up from the desk to look at the screen to see that it's now I'm getting my match against Hangman yeah. Page and cutting that awesome promo. And like I just felt this high. I felt this rush of adrenaline. And in reality, yes, the second hour wasn't so great, but I don't think it was going to reach that high. And it took place within the first 15 minutes. Looking at this card on paper, nothing feels like it's going to like have me arrive at that high. So something might, yeah, and then I'll just be completely surprised by it. It'll just be, a, it'll be quite a nice feeling. And I sense just from the a bit of the buzz I've tried to judge, I, like I sense a lot of people feel like that. There's not a lot of standout stuff, so things might go out of their way to impress. Yeah, we've got two uh, qualifiers for the Own Heart tournament, but before we get to them, we've got to talk about the big title match tonight. It's a Ring of Honor title match. It mm. is to determine the undisputed Ring of Honor Women's World Champion because, well, you and I saw Mercedes Martinez. We were lucky enough to see uh, her become the interim champion. Meanwhile, Deanna Barazzo technically is the champion right now, yeah. but they both got a claim to it, and I think they've... I saw that... I talked about this on the Rampage review. I like the fact that they've actually given this some sort of setup for casual AEW fans who maybe don't know a lot about these two. Yeah, it feels um, optimistic to think that this might go in the main event. But if you look at how AEW are framing this, they do those graphics where you see the whole card for a dynamite on one image and they put it out on the socials. Yeah. And this kind of gets like pride of place. Oh, absolutely. Front and centre. They And they never do this anywhere near enough for women's matches. They gave it um, a, a, a bit of context on Rampage. They've promoted it for a week. Anyone that doesn't know who Diana Prazzo is, like AW does trust its audience to go and do a little bit of homework. Sometimes it places too much trust and it should do yes. more. But I think I think they've measured it right. And I guess the proof of the pudding will be in the eating tonight and how the fans received Diana Prazzo. It is somebody walking through the forbidden door, and we should make a big deal of that as much as possible, not least with the pay per view of the same name coming around the corner because yep. she is. I know the impact relationship isn't quite as appealing as the New Japan one anymore with the pay per view around the corner, but that one year ago was captivating, wasn't yeah. it? When you would have the, the roster jumps and stuff. So Diana Prazzo, one of the more celebrated women's wrestlers of the past sort of two or three years, appearing on AW television for the very first time is a story into itself, not least when we have this Ring of Honor title. And if we know nothing about this Ring of Honor, all we know is that Tony Khan wants to use the championships as a way to keep the brand afloat and keep it alive. Mm. He wants Samoa Joe walking around with that television title uh, in like kind of inspiring fear in everybody that passes. He wants Jonathan Gresham um, to feel like this credible world title contender, even if you're not quite sure what company he's the champion mm-hmm. of. And he wants a match of a certain quality to represent a women's division in Ring of Honor while he figures out how it's going to exist. And I just, I don't, there's a lot of things working in this match's favor to make me believe it's going to be like one of the more talked about women's matches of the year so far. I don't think it's going to go in the dreaded quarter hour spot. No. I don't think it's going to be um, received with a somewhat lukewarm response from the fans, which Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida got last week. Mm. We all wanted so much more for it, but we could see where they kind of fell over. Where it, Not they, the women, where AW yeah. fell over as an institution. Yeah. I expect Diana Prazzo to win. I do um, too. I think... Uh, Mercedes Martinez was set up as a, and we saw this a lot, Supercard of Honor, as a kind of AW-based bridge 
You know, there was yeah, a lot of yeah, AW yeah. victories with these wrestlers that were going to win on the night to ultimately maybe put over somebody in Ring of Honor. I think this is four Perazzo to get this high-profile victory. Um, and I guess it weaves it weaves her potentially into AW stories in the future, if not tonight. Yes, exactly. I completely agree with, with pretty much everything you said there, <laughs> especially Perazzo winning. Uh, I'd love to see Mercedes Martinez become the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, but I just feel... You know, especially considering how she's been presented on AEW television previously. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, she's been presented as a badass, but she's lost. Yeah. Deanna Pratt, so you don't really want to bring her in and have her lose. And, yeah, who knows? Maybe scope for her to do more matches in AEW, one would hope. Well, it never hurts for, and obviously Tony Khan used this, and he used it and kind of abused it, to be honest. But having champions that people believe in is always a benefit when you have things like, and let's call it what it is, an inconvenience in Battle of the Belts at this point. Yes. Like, he had Jonathan Gresham and Dalton Castle out there cold in a Ring of Honor world title match. Um, but it was a belt, and the match was a battle. So technically, within <laughs> the letter of the law, it was perfectly serviceable for the show. But it doesn't help having over-champions, like, at your disposal. And he stands to have another one in Diana Pratt. So even if she appears here, then, you know, goes back to a kind of a regular job on Impact and is carrying around a ring around a title waiting for the competition to show itself again. Yeah. It's not the worst thing having her as part of AW Cannon. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, let's talk about these two qualifiers then for the Owen Hart tournament. Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish and what a high-flying, mouth-watering prospect this is as well. Ray Phoenix versus Dante Martin. Yeah, I mean, let's do that one first, shall we? Ray Phoenix versus Dante Martin is... I wouldn't say it's the dream match graphic, but it's everything that you would want from Dante Martin the moment you discover that he is actually incredible and touches ceilings when he does frog splashes. Uh-huh. That match where um, Kenny Omega worked overtime to get Dante Martin over as this young stud flyer, that night people like had their eyes opened to not just like, obviously, you know, people knew of, of top flight and everything, but of what Dante Martin could theoretically do in there. And it's the next day that people are thinking, wow, now imagine him against so-and-so. Now imagine him against so-and-so. And here we are. We've arrived at one of them so-and-sos. Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix should have something that should make you squeal with delight. <laughs> something, we talked a little bit about Nathan Fraser having at least one spot that would like get people talking about exactly who he is. In this case, it was the Phoenix Splash. Because this is AEW, and because the wrestlers are allowed quite a lot more um, freedom and a freedom of expression... The Phoenix Splash in a match like this is going to be the sort of thing to set something up. Yes. You know, that's like, that's the the level. And it's not just a level um, that we know of the wrestlers. It's one that you're at this point permitted to expect. Phoenix has only just returned from injury. So I guess we'll have to see if he's rusty or if there's anything to worry about on that front. But they're both going to show up. They're both going to show off and they're both going to show out. I think Phoenix wins. I think. But... I wouldn't rule out Martin getting what would be what scans a little bit of an upset because they might want to keep Phoenix free for a death triangle. Um, yeah, it was a black trios match to fight. Like that doesn't necessarily need to be on double or nothing, which is where we assume like the Owen final is going to yeah, take yeah, place. Yeah. So Phoenix being in the bracket is one of the things you'd have to consider. But I sort of feel like um, Martin getting an upset victory would at least free Phoenix up to to finish the business with Ezra Black, and it, it would be it would be it scans a pretty major win for Dante Martin. Yeah, I think we're going to see Dante Martin in in in. Th- well, who have we got now? So we got Samoa Joe, uh, all of the <laughs> Cole O'Reilly, Cole and O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, who else have we qualified? Cole O'Reilly, Darby Allen, Samoa Joe, Darby Dax, Allen, and Dax. Dax. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, uh, I just think Dante Martin compliments. 
I don't know. It, I've missed Ray Phoenix a lot, but mm. I think you're right. I think it's hard to eat a loss just after a comeback, though, isn't it? I think in a weird way, Darius Martin getting injured might mean Dante Martin goes into the tournament, or maybe he sh- wasn't going to. Yeah, possibly. Yep. Um, see it. so it's tough to call in that regard. Like Phoenix, you beat Phoenix on his first week back. It's it's not great, is it? No. Um, that's what, that's why I kind of think Phoenix is going to win. But there are worse there are worse upsets to pull than Dante getting the win. I think it'll, I think that unpredictability genuinely helps it. Unless they have to Blake cost Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I know they're appearing later, but no. But I mean, but I, you, it's reasonable to expect overlaps with that story tonight, anyway. Mm. So yeah. Uh, and then let's talk Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish because they've promised a swanton bomb, and I really hope for Bobby Fish he doesn't hit it. <laughs> I am Bobby Fish. Oh my broken stomach. <laughs> I, the quality spectrum is. Really, really cavernous. Is that the right phrase? It's it's big. Wide open. It's wide open. It's big. It's this could be very good. Yeah. Jeff Hardy and Bobby Fish are long tenured, super experienced pros, um, who could just have a really tightly arranged and well worked television match. They are they're old hands at this, effectively. Yes. You know, like they just know what they're doing. The kind of wrestlers that can have a, a you know, like a three-star match in their sleep, and then if they open their eyes, it goes to four, and so yes. on and so on. And it is once, you know, they were once at a point in their lives where they could knock out fives too, and that's probably out of the question, but the four isn't. But it could be rubbish. Yeah, it, it could, could fall be, to pieces. It could fall to pieces. It could be terrible. They could just have an off night. Bobby Fish has had um, more on nights than Kyle O'Reilly thus far in AEW. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think he's had a pretty good... I think he's had a, a run that few of us would have expected, considering that he had really bad luck with injuries when he was in mm. NXT. So I hope I hope this over delivers because I think everyone's expectations are going to be measured based on just how wide open that spectrum is. Uh, again, Jeff Hardy's what did he say the other day? It was like I've not entered the cosmic singles realm. So maybe he's get, like maybe this is the start of something. But I think I think I quite like the idea of the undisputed elite dominating the brackets. Mm. I think I quite like the idea of them filling them out as their because really as well you could have two of them lose in the opening round. It doesn't hurt, does it? Because like let's say it's Adam Cole or, well, any of them, make it through, mm. then they could be like, well, we're behind him now, and it doesn't matter that one's gone out. I think I might go with Bobby Fish. I'm going to go Jeff Hardy, purely because I think the potential of them saying, well, we could have these matches and these matches and these matches, and they don't often tease big matches mm-hmm. and then not deliver on them. And no. the prospect of, yeah, a Darby Allen match or whatever in terms of in terms of a way to get to that without having to have the dynamics weirded, mm. then... Why not? Uh, the, the promise of a swanton bomb <laughs> means that we're going to get one. Yes. Um, so, like, RIP Bobby Fisher's digestive system <laughs> the next few days. But, but the, I think, again, like, trying to map out where any of this goes, and you mentioned about dream matches. Well, like, here's another one. I did wonder about the fact that last week, in kind of weak circumstances, the Undisputed Elite decided everything is fine because they beat five losers. Mm. Like, that didn't, that didn't scan so hot. But... Beating Jeff Hardy would be something for the Undisputed Elite. So, yeah, everything is cool. We're all on the same page. Yes. Let's say Red Dragon take the ref and the Young Bucks uh, break up a cover and hit Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's over top of Bobby Fish making the cover and they do the BT trigger on Jeff Hardy. And That's a way to get to the Hardy versus Young Bucks. Yeah. Exactly where I'm headed to. Yeah. So that gets you the Hardy's Young Bucks match as a with a bit of spice to it, but it also like puts a bit of fuel on this Undisputed Elite fire because yeah. last week it was a bit of a damp squib. Yeah. And, uh, you sold me on that. I'm gonna change my mind. I'm going Bobby Fish. <laughs> and then you got, like I say, all so there you got the young books have helped, and all the undisputed elite are in the like the tournament. Mm. On paper, it does look like everything 
Everything is fine. Mm. Everything is good, yeah? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, right, let's talk about this grudge match tonight. Chris Jericho versus Santana. Uh, obviously coming off the back of the fireball and then the attack subsequent to that on uh, on Rampage. Uh, I have one, one request for this, mm-hmm. and that is, look, I get it, it's Santana, so Ortiz will be ringside. So you probably need Cool Hand Ange, uh, <laughs> you know, down there. Yeah. Maybe Jake Hager, just in case, and what have you. That leaves Daddy Magic to potentially go on commentary. Oh, Yes. I'm into that. I'd love that. Not least because like so much of his act is mirroring what Chris Jericho does and trying to do it just as well. Yeah. And I think he could um I think he could better Chris Jericho's rampage commentary. <laughs> I'm talking about I'd be well up for that. Yeah. It, again, Buzz has been fairly low on this one. And I wonder how much of that is because Jericho has sort of inadvertently sullied his own reputation to still have good matches. The last Chris Jericho singles match was that Eddie Kingston on a revolution, wasn't it? And it was absolutely and it was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. So, based on his very last match that he had as a singles, you're thinking, ah, oh, Jericho can still get this done when he wants to, and he's surely going to want to here. Mm. This isn't. Is this not the first ever in a circle explodes match? Quite possibly since they split up. You know, it should feel a little bit like a bigger deal considering how the inner circle were like so key to early AW's DNA, mm. and yet the fact that they just not giving it away on television. Television really, really matters. But the fact that they're kind of just presenting it as one match on a card like this, presumably to go in maybe the opener, so you open with Jericho's music, or just like lost a little bit in the mid-card. I do wonder if this is going to form part of this continuing story that the baby faces need numbers. The Jericho Appreciation Society is good stuff. It's really, really fun. Um, last week, I, I kind of blame myself. Last week, I said, I, I think I just want a big heat angle. We were talking about the strap. Yes, that seems to have been dropped. But like we were talking, maybe like Eddie Kingston gets like lashed in front, like with it, where like say like proud and powerful are handcuffed to the ropes, so they can't help. They have to watch, and he's just lashed. And it's like they they need numbers here. They need help, and they haven't got them. Instead, they gave us literal heat and threw a fireball in his face. <laughs> Arguably more effective. Some of that played out was pretty silly, but I think the intent was to get the Jericho Appreciation Society to be a little bit more serious, and I could see that tonight. Proud and Powerful will fight, they will look gutsy, they will look brave, but Jericho will win here, the beatdown will continue to be on, and the question will be asked loudly, what are they going to do? There's five of them, like this cannot be, there is five people here, 
Eddie Kingston bringing both versions of LAX together as a super group, all the new Homicide Hernandez, oh. Santana and Ortiz oh. as his five men to take out these five in the eventual big match. Feels like such a glorious visual. And how do you do that? You have to individually take them out first. So I think next week you do Hager versus Ortiz in another inner circle battle. And Ortiz is the last guy. And the Jericho Appreciation Site can say, look, we've run them all off. Yeah. Like sports entertainment trumps pro wrestling. We've run them all off. And then Kingston and his group on the stage and the, the fight is on sort of thing. Yeah, I love that as a pitch. Like you say, the, the big question mark just hanging over all this is, all right, who are going to be the two others that mm. joined Santana and Ortiz and Eddie Kingston? Um, I hope there's no Eddie Kingston tonight. I love the guy. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. kind of need to sell, yeah. you know, thinking about around blood and guts and things like that. Sell your injuries. Yes, please. Yes, please. Like, I, I would never know. it's a say fireball, that. and I know wrestling fans know it's just a bit of... But... Guy, guy should be... like The guy should uh, have a serious problem with at least one of his eyes, but I can't think of everybody else that applies to an AW, so <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Yes, uh, and I think Chris Jericho wins this as well. Yeah. Um, probably through nefarious means, but regardless. Yeah, I, I feel like they should make more of a, a thing about Santana clashing with Jericho, but it's all been a bit bit last minute. But it's I suppose it's been on the cards for a while in terms of them separating. It has, and like I said like in the intro, I think that might help it, honestly. I think the, the low level of hype might help a lot of these matches um, seem better than you would have expected mm. because there's just not a lot of buzz around much of this. No, Um <laughs> We were talking about this on the news earlier on today. One of the worst decisions in AEW history, I think, going out and calling out the House of Black <laughs> of the Varsity Blondes, and one third of them are already basically in the House of Black. Aye, it's uh, looking like it's going to be another bad night for Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison, isn't yeah. it? Um, I, I don't know. What do I think of this? What do you think? Of this is December the 9th. <laughs> I it's couldn't believe it. When I, I joked on the news about six months ago. This, yeah, and then it, you were like, "Here's six months ago." Like, it's, it's a it's a prime example of one of the big issues people have with AW, myself included. You know, people say, "Oh, we're shills for it," and, and I mean, you know, I don't really say this a lot on like social media because I just can't be asked with the discourse. If I'm honest, <laughs> but like we said on the news, on the one hand, I'm there watching WWE, going, "Oh my god, give me a break from X wrestler," mm. right? And then on AEW, I'm like. Oh, is you know, like, Miro, I think, legitimately was injured when he disappeared, yeah. for example. But I think half the people are like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, is there, like, this, this you know, swathe of injuries going through AW? Yeah. Because they do stuff. And, I, you know, it's easier for us because it's our job to stay in the loop. But if I only remembered about AW Dynamite, as mm-hmm. some casual fans probably will do, at, let's do American time, 7 p.m. on a Wednesday night, I don't want to have to go... Oh, yeah, what was the thing that they did with them three weeks ago, four weeks ago, yeah, six yeah. months ago? I think there, there is a, a balance to be struck between the two companies. Um, but I just want the payoff of Julie Hart going to the House of Black now, and that seems to be what we're probably going to get tonight. She's been grumpy on the steps for a while. You pointed out the whole thing with her eye when we saw the promo he cut on Dark. Yeah, uh, about she's got Malachi Black's toxic juice leaking from the eye patch. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I'm just ready to, to do that, and... Having had a sneak peek of what we may see tonight in Brody King throwing Darby Allen <laughs> off a stage at some gig or something, I just got long hair. Brody King's massive. Buddy Murphy's mint, and Malachi Black can kick people's heads off. I'm a sadist, so let's go, baby. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I'm not terribly, <laughs> I'm not terribly interested in absolutely anything those of Black are doing. 
but I kind of want to watch them do it. Yes. I'm not that asked about the death triangle stuff anymore. I feel a bit tired with that. This has taken six months. Like she's been in this stable from the moment she got the toxic juice like blown into her eye, and yet we've been made to just mm-hmm. wait. We've mm-hmm. made to wait and watch. But as you pointed out, the three of them are like really amazing sh- kickers. And Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman have shown before they're really good at getting the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, like in combination, all of this is so much better than the needless effort put into it. And for that reason, like I'm kind of on the hook for this. Yes. As much as anything else on this show, I'm on the hook for this. I'm glad, I'm glad Pillman has laid out the challenge and they've like made this more of a formality mm. because You stupid bastard. Yeah. Like and any sort of that's becoming a thing too. Like it's becoming canonized that Brian Pillman is kind of an idiot. And maybe that's direction for him and Griff Garrison when inevitably these two get battered again tonight. Yeah. Maybe Griff Garrison's gonna have to take a look at things and be like Mm. Like, this isn't working out so well with you. Got this idea, lads. We're going to go out and call out the House of Black. We're going to what? What now? Sorry? Yeah. You've seen what they've done. <laughs> Who was it last week? Fuego. Yeah. Yeah. It left him for dead on the stage under his own. I mean, he got a very nice spotlight. Yeah. Like, is it worth taking a beating to be lit like a pop star? <laughs> Malachi Black's got contacts in the uh, Sound and Light division of AEW. Where are we going now, Malachi? We're going teleporting. You can, you can do that. <laughs> yes. Is that, well, I think I can get on board with you. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, clashing factions as well, we have the Blackpool Combat Club. And if you haven't already, obviously, you've probably seen it all over social media. Watch William Regal's excellent mm-hmm. build. Uh, they are taking on the Butcher, the Blade, and WCBW's very own Angelico. Uh, someone who I've missed seeing in, in AEW for quite some time now. And I'm going to miss seeing him again because the Blackpool Combat Club, again, we're going to kick their dicks in. Here we go. Like, finally, the proper AW excitement for two reasons, and I'm going to name them in order. Number one, the Blackpool Goddamn Combat Club. Actual stars, actual winners, actual past, present, and future champions. Uh, present, yeah, Willie is the pure champion. Yeah. I got away with that one. Yes. Anyway, monsters of this uh, roster, whether it be singles, tag, trios, People you'd want to pay to watch if AEW were coming to your town. It feels good. It feels right. This act is hitting. I cannot wait for them to win whatever belts they fight for. I cannot wait for them to engage in something a bit more serious with whomever their first rivals turn out to be. I just love this group so much. It is hitting. It's ticking everyone's boxes, no matter what kind of wrestling you like. Absolutely. I love that feeling when an act is, is hitting like that. Number two, the rule. The Blade is wrestling on Dynamite. Will Bond, this episode will be oh, fine. yeah. I'm glad you said that. Glad you say this at this point because I didn't want to spoil it beforehand. But the very fact that the blade is in action is a mathematical guarantee that everyone will be a satisfied customer with this decision on dynamite. Don't argue with science. Don't question the facts. It's all out there. I mean, scroll back in my timeline, you'll probably find it. But like, you know, that's me tapping the sign. (laughs) When the blade rests on dynamite, it's an all-timer dynamite. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. So a couple of things. I, I'm going to point this out just in case. I'm not sure if the mics have picked it up or not. But we've got a big meeting today in the office or training or whatever you want yeah. to call it. And it's sort of split the office down the middle. So mm-hmm. half of them are doing it today. Uh, Sidgwick included, obviously. That's why he's not here. Mm-hmm. And half of us, myself and Hamlet and Cleary and a few others, are doing it tomorrow. So a couple of reasons why I've mentioned that. Number one. They've taken the chairs out of the podcast studio. Yes. So we've got different chairs. And when you move on these chairs, I've just realized it sounds like you're ripping a fart. Oh. I'm going to try and do it. And now I've realized as I try. Oh, that? that's good. You pick that. I'm not sure if the mic's picked that up. I'm going to try and do it again. No, it doesn't, it doesn't sound as good the second. 
But yeah, I just wanted to cover that off just to people thinking, <laughs> well, these boys are letting it loose when Sidgwick's not here. But also, number two, the reason why I mention that is Sidgwick and Andy will be doing the Dynamite review tomorrow because yeah. me and Hamlet will be, I don't know, doing trustful exercise or something. And I can't wait to, you know, like when we talk, we did the NXT 2.0 review. And if you don't listen to that, what are you doing with your life? It's, 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 it's not what you think. It's not like genuine analysis like we do on this. It's just... It's the wacky, it's the fun house, basically. You know, some, this is not a dig at anybody that uses this terminology, because it'll sound like one, and it's genuinely not. You know how, like, some podcasts have, I'll just name them, so it isn't a dig. Voice of the Wrestling have a, have a, something called a flagship. Yes. Right? A lot of podcasts have that that big show. I, I listen to a football one where they're, like, their preview shows, their big show, the yeah, week, yeah, yeah. preview the weekend fixtures, whatever. Um, like, I don't really think we have a centerpiece. Like, I, not to pat ourselves on the back, but all our podcasts are so brilliant. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even really have a centerpiece. We do, however, have a centerpiece of shit. <laughs> and that is the NXT 2.0 podcast. But it, well, it isn't, it isn't, because if we went in and were like, hmm, what did you think? <laughs> then it would be. But we just go in and go, oh, so uh, someone got stuck at the beach. Genuinely something that happened. Yeah, these aren't like, we're not creating these. Well, we oh. do a bit on the preview a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh, but the reason why I say that is, on that review today, I was heaping praise on one of my favourites, Cam Grams, right? Who, to be fair, had the best match at NXT to spring break in. But nevertheless, even if he had the worst match, I'd heap praise on him anyway, because I love him. The reason why I say that, Andy's going to be on this podcast, the butcher is wrestling the Blackpool Combat Club. He will not pay attention to anything John Moxley, Brian Danielson, or Wheeler yeah. Ewer, or anyone like that does, because Andy, understandably, loves Andy. Perfect. And they go, he's going to get, and I think Butcher is, he's really, he, he never, I never fell out of love with him. Mm. But recently, I think it was when he had that match with Darby Allen, And I was like, yes. I was like, hey, 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 you all right. I never thought he wasn't all right, by the way. Yeah. I just, it just reminded me of like, oh, I should, because he disappeared for a bit. They probably did mm -hmm. stuff on Dark and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, um, really excited for that. But yeah. And the blade rule, of course, applies. Which, looking at it, I'm like, the blade rule, and the blade's pretty hard. And I'm sure Angelico's pretty hard, but he's not as hard as the blade or the butcher. No. So Angelico's getting his head caved in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all probably going to get stretched, but, they're you know. They're getting submission, like, stretched and submitted. I just lost in thought there, you know. Like, I like to think that our AW coverage is credible. And so is our WWE coverage credible. I know that we mock that product more than this one. Like, we do a feature on that NXT 2.01 called Where's Wendy? Because we kind of mock this process that they've got where Wendy Chu just turns up places. And I can't, I, I, I apologize, I can't remember what Cedric's prediction was. But my prediction for Where's Wendy was like in Gorilla. Mm. Right? And it was a wacky pitch involving Natalia being angry at disrespect or whatever. But like the Gorilla position, the actual answer to Where Was Wendy was at the beach stealing someone's flip flops and moving someone's car, six car parking spaces <laughs> along. <laughs> like, and the tanning salon. We're underselling. The stupidity of that show. <laughs> so if people ever think we're overstating the greatness of this one, it's only because yes. we too are looking for that creamy middle. It's it's so, the, the the diversion we have to take on like it's like, I, I feel like sometimes I have to go home, have a shower, and get changed <laughs> at lunchtime because we talk about NXT two point and then we're like, okay, let's look ahead to Dynamite. And it's like, oh, it's the real wrestling now. Tuesday, like you're locked in, aren't you? Because it's like by the time you like reviewed a three hour raw, it's like you oh. could not be more like your head could not be more in the NXT two point exactly. headspace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Oh, no, that's not everything covered, is it? Well, I've got to ask you who you think Wardlow's mystery opponent's going to be because he's seven foot tall and he's got a big peep. He's got a lot of peep. -pee. <laughs> it's going to be Big Cass. Yep. Uh, Kaz XL is another one of his names. W. Morrissey is the other name. 
I don't know of another famous Morrissey, so I can't possibly make any references or jokes. But I, thought, oh, I wish, I wish Morrissey had just shut the fuck up when the Smiths broke up and never spoke again. I Not agree. to say that I don't mind some of his singles works, but like, he's a bit mamey. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a yeah. lot from Morrissey. There's a lot of takes that are not great. You don't want to, like, I wouldn't go pay to see him live. If I, if I needed my Smiths kick, I'm going to see Johnny Marr. Yeah. Like, I'm paying for the babyface half the band to play the hits. <laughs> That's what I'm doing at this point. But the rumour was they were going to do a sort of uh, another, sort of bit of a trope of AEW that people are getting sick of. But mm. apparently, in terms of in terms of the guy that they're bringing in, there's a light that will never go out. So, you know. Yeah, he got there. I knew, you, I knew you'd get there with what I could see. Your face, like, your tell about a big gag is coming is that it goes more serious than your generic face. <laughs> it's like, I've really got to throw so him off. Stick the, on a stick line Like, sort of. Deadpan. <laughs> deadpan a man physically incapable of deadpan yeah. goes deadpan. You you know what's coming. Uh, yeah. He, um, I mean, great uh, to see him back, by the way. I mean, we haven't really talked about him a lot, obviously, because you don't really watch a lot of the content that he's in. Yeah, well, and, and this is the thing, I suppose, like, because I think the W, um, I forget what his real, I think it's, maybe that's his real name, actually. I think the W stands for William. And it was really nothing uh, uh, if we're talking about what he kind of got up to in the gap between his WWE release and getting himself William. together. You having that? Uh, getting himself together in Impact. But it's, Fundamentally, a nice story um, that he's like overcome quite a lot of personal problems. Mm-hmm. If you remember when he left WWE, it was obviously under like a number of different clouds, and he seems to have just like risen above all of them, bit by bit by bit by bit. And now he's you know probably just going to wrestle the one time and lose and be a, a good paid hitman heel for the night. Um, but what I like about these because we've had these sort of things before. Nick Gage was a, a mercenary for MJF but was able to lose and then kind of be de facto baby-faced as a result of the defeat. Exactly. Jeff Corbett was a mercenary for the inner circle. Same story yet again. And now I think you can have this with whatever he goes by, W. Morrissey, Kazakhstan. It's a pretty, it's just, it's a nice gesture for one. And it actually leaves a bit of a door open for MJF to be needlessly cruel to him. The fact that they're teasing Pinnacle potential is quite nice because it suggests that you might get woven into AEW stories. I can't see that happening. Woven into a stable that we're not sure still exists. Well, this is it, yeah. And uh, I guess even that is, maybe there's maybe there's more to that. Maybe the fact they're mentioning the Pinnacle is Sean Spears being like thick enough to think that he's a perfect like-for-like replacement for Wardlow, even they're, they're very different prospects. I, I think this will be all right. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the former big cast because... Nostalgia from say 2016 WWE, that's now like that's six years old, mm-hmm. right? That would be the equivalent of Steve Austin and The Rock coming back and wrestling in like 2008, 2009. Oh. I imagine like Legacy are kicking around on Raw for the umpteenth week in a row doing nothing, and then it's like Rhodes and DBRC tonight. You're going to face Austin. Well, not Austin and Rock because they were you know like massive stars. It's got to be like a mid card guy from that era, but it's going to be like you're going to face Jeff Jarrett and D'Lo Brown. You'd be like, that's really cool. <laughs> I want, I want to watch that. I have just named my two favorite wrestlers, but you know, yeah. I just, I think like it's a, it's the right kind of well to mine for one-off names, and I think the match will be all right because yeah. everything Wardlow's doing at the moment is turning to gold. So I see no reason why all of this won't be pretty great. Swanton last week, yeah, insane. Sure did. Yeah, really looking forward to this mm-hmm. big meeting, man. Slap moot. I don't, like, is MJF? You know how like he. Yes, really, in answer to your question, yes. Really <laughs> touches with his gear in the punk feud. Like the particular things he wore, like an old stunning Steve Austin one and a Chris Candido one, and all these little little miniature negs on CM Punk that you wouldn't even notice unless you were nearly like me looking for them. Uh, like, tonight, 
Like might he have like might he open his suit jacket out a bit and he's got like the leopard print thing yeah because he's like the Enzo he's the de facto Enzo playing mouthpiece for the cast like oh, if he says Baddy Boom I'm gonna be so excited can't teach that yeah if that's what happens when W Morris loses well because turns out you can't teach that yeah oh, this is good yeah I'm really excited this. For this. or uh, it could be Big Show and then uh, that's the big payoff he I think that's the KO saying. punch and uh, that's the end of Wardlow's push Big Show versus uh, Big Show and MJF in a handicap match at Double or nothing, because double means two. <laughs> and they do the Jerry Lawler, uh, Doink Dink Wink and Pink spot, where MJF's like, uh, let's do the chicken fight. But then Big Show's like, I want to get on your shoulders. <laughs> I love it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, let us know who you think Wardlow's, well, we, I think we all know, but who you think <laughs> Wardlow's mystery opponent's going to be and your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. As I mentioned, Michael Sidgwick and Andy Murray will be back tomorrow reviewing AW Dynamite and hopefully answering all your questions in a little uh, Q&A podcast in the afternoon as well. So keep an eye uh, on their social media for that one too. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite Preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.